Thanks for listening to the Thyroid Fixer podcast with your host, me, Dr. Amy Horneman, aka The Thyroid Fixer, functional medicine practitioner, hormone and weight loss expert. We're talking all things thyroid, hormone and health related in order to empower, educate and transform you. So if you're ready to get your life back, let's get started. Are you finally at your wits end where you are tired of dealing with doctor after doctor? Maybe you've spent thousands on integrative or functional practitioners that have not helped you at all because they don't know the thyroid and hormones. They're not even testing properly. So come work with myself and my team. We prescribe to all 50 states and parts of Canada. I have you covered. I've been building this team for years so that I could help you no matter where you are. All you have to do is click the link in the show notes, book a free application call. We're going to go over your current health situation, what worked, what hasn't worked, all the things. And then we will pair you up with the right program for you where we will do it all. You will come out the other side of the program, totally optimized, getting your life back. You're going to recognize the person you see in the mirror again. Doesn't that sound absolutely amazing? Well, it might sound... Like you don't even believe it, but I promise you, I promise you, we will take good care of you. So click the link in the show notes, book a call today, and we'll be talking to you soon. We have so much to talk about today. I'm excited. And I also know this is going to piss you off if your doctor didn't test this specific lab value that we're going to talk about, SHBG, sex hormone binding globulin. Now, if you look this up on, let's say, YouTube, you're going to find a ton of anabolic, steroid, testosterone dudes talking about how it binds to testosterone, mainly in males. And that's true. And it it's also binding to your testosterone. Ladies, your get shit done hormone, it's binding to that as well. We're going to talk about that. But what they're not talking about is the fact that it can also bind to free thyroid hormones and render them inactive. So if you are not losing weight, you're not feeling better, you're still suffering with low energy, you have no libido, you have no motivation, you can't build muscle, you're losing your hair, blah, blah, all of those symptoms that we talk about all the time, it might not be that you need more thyroid medication. It might be that you need to lower your sex hormone binding globulin, first you need to test it, then you might need to lower it because that could be the very thing that is binding to your T3, your free T3 and your testosterone and a little bit of estrogen and rendering those inactive. So we're going to talk about what it is, what causes it, everything today and what you can do about it too. But this is just not talked about enough in the thyroid space and I really feel like we need to lay it on the table because many of you have elevated SHBG. And if you do, that's a key component. That's a, that's a key factor in why you might not be progressing or getting optimized with your thyroid and hormone treatment. Okay. SHBG, sex hormone binding globulin. You know, I like to always tell you different analogies and ways to understand it. So I want you to think of it as a train. It's a train that the hormones jump on. And this train is needed. So when we're talking about optimal lab values, and I will repeat this later in the conversation, 
but optimal optimal lab values for SHBG is between 60 and 80. 60 and 80. So if you're under 60, it's too low. We'll talk about that. If you're over 80, it's too high. We'll talk about that. It's a train that the hormones jump on. And we don't want, it's really, again, it's like a Goldilocks protein. Sex hormone binding globulin is a protein. It's like a, it's, it's a Goldilocks lab value because you don't want too low and you don't want too high. You want just right. And of course, just like all lab values, we run into the standard lab value range that's on your labs. You're going to go like, oh, I'm not flagged high, but you want to look at it from an optimal functional point of view, 60 to 80. Okay. So what raises it? There's a lot. There's a lot of different things that raises SHBG. So I want you to listen and see if there's anything that maybe you can change. So even if you're, if you're listening, you're like, I don't know what my SHBG is, or maybe you're listening and you're saying my SHBG is 75 and it's optimal. I want you to still listen to these things because if you start to falter in any of these aspects and on any of these points, then that could actually raise your SHBG. And we don't want that. If you're optimal, we want you to stay there. So elevated estrogen, we will see elevated SHBG in an estrogen dominant state. And that is also relative to progesterone. So I've talked about this before, but it it's worth repeating. Estrogen dominance does not just mean that your estrogen is flagged high. Estrogen dominance can be when your progesterone is lower, low to lower, and your estrogen can actually be coming in in the normal, quote unquote, air quotes there, normal lab value range. However, if the progesterone is under a one to 10 ratio to estrogen, you are in an estrogen dominant state. So I'll use an example. I see this all the time. Your progesterone rolls in and you're testing it and you're still cycling and you're testing it days 19 to 22 and it comes in at a less than 0.5. It's like you're, you're rolling in at a menopausal range, but you're not menopausal. Less, even if you are menopausal, ladies, just listen, because your estrogen can be anywhere. So it's probably in the tank, but all right, let's, let's stick with cycling women, maybe perimenopause. Your progesterone's at less than 0.05, less than 0.5, literally in that postmenopausal range on your labs. And your estrogen is coming in at a 200, not flagged high. Your estrogen is not in the tank. You're not coming in with an estrogen of less than 15, like a postmenopausal woman but it's, it's coming in at 200. That is outside of that P to E ratio, that one to 10 ratio. So yes, I would consider you estrogen dominant. Just wanted to clarify that. It's kind of a side note. Here's the big one that I talk about all the time, which is why you don't want to be vegan. Low protein diets. How many of you are not getting in enough protein? How many? A lot, a lot. A low protein diet is a huge cause of elevated SH. BG. And sometimes just bumping up that protein and getting in that one gram per pound of body weight of protein is enough to help to lower elevated SHBG. Overtraining is another big one. If you're doing CrossFit seven days a week, nothing wrong with CrossFit, but if you're overtraining and under eating and also under eating protein, that's kind of a double whammy. That's going to raise SHBG. Birth control, birth control, birth control, synthetic hormones, 
birth control will raise SHBG. And what do we give to PCOS patients, right? What do we what do we give to you if you have PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome? We give you birth control, and we give you metformin. Metformin is another one that's going to raise SHBG. You know what doesn't is berberine. So we're giving you metformin to control the insulin resistance, and you'll see how this all ties together. We're giving you metformin to control the insulin resistance, but metformin itself raises SHBG. So now we're trying to fix you and fix the symptoms of PCOS, but we're giving you something that raises it. Oh, we're also going to give you some birth control for that PCOS, which is known to raise sex hormone binding globulin and also decrease thyroid function and push you into a hypo state. There's nothing good about birth control. Nothing, nothing. That's another podcast for another day. So berberine over metformin, hypo or hyper. Now, again, when you look this up and listen, I've been doing this for so many years and have seen so many blood work panels. Trust me. So SHBG, you will hear in the general community that an elevated sex hormone binding globulin is going to be more tied to being in a hyper state or being on too much T3. I'm going to call, I'm going to, I'm not calling bullshit because there is some truth to that, but we can't just say, oh, it's that T3 that you're on that's raising your SHBG. Oh, you must be hyper because your SHBG is high. Absolutely not. Absolutely. 100% absolutely not. That's the same as saying because you have a suppressed TSH, you must be hyper. It's not true. It's not true. So if you are hypo or hyper, that can then, and I'll dive into all of these. I'm just giving you the list. That can then also raise SHBG. PTSD. PTSD is real, and that can raise your SHBG. Same with TBIs, traumatic brain injuries. Excess body fat. So if you come in with an elevated SHBG, you're checking all these factors, you're doing all the things, even some of the treatments that we're going to talk about, later, including increasing your protein, it might be that you just need to buckle down and lose weight. Now you're going to say, well, wait a minute. I can't lose weight because my SHBG is high and it's binding to my T3 and it's binding to my testosterone. And that's why I can't lose weight. There's some truth in that, but we still have to keep trying to get you to lose body fat so that SHBG can lower. So maybe that's where you, if you don't want to go up or you can't go up or your practitioner won't go up in your thyroid hormone treatment, maybe you don't even need that component for the weight loss piece. Then you better dial in your diet, watch the carbs, look at your insulin. What is your testosterone number? You might need a little bit of a higher dose to kind of overcome what the SHBG is binding to with the free testosterone. You might need a little bit more testosterone. Then you might want to add in my thyroid fixer, the T2 component to raise your basal metabolic rate so that you can lose some fat to lower the SHBG. And that's going to allow all your other hormones to work better. We want the T3 to work. We want, especially if, if you're postmenopausal and your estrogen is low, I want you to have that estrogen that's there for you in abundance. Use it here. But if it's on the train, if it's on the SHBG train and it can't get off that train to get to the cell, then that's not good. That's not going to help you. Same with testosterone, same with T3. Any free unbound hormone can jump onto the SHBG train 
and never, ever get to its destination. Never get to your cell to do its job. So you might need to do some things to lose that body fat. Liver issues. I have a whole separate podcast. We can link to it in the show notes. It's not that long ago on the liver and loving your liver and how the liver ties into your metabolism. So again, going back to the body fat, if you need to lose body fat, maybe you're doing all the things, but you're not loving on your liver. And that can actually cause excess body fat to be stored on the body because your liver isn't functioning properly. So liver issues, Epstein-Barr virus, how many of you have that? Because you have Hashimoto's, it's a huge precursor. So EBV and other underlying infections can bump up SHBG, as can genetics. And here's another big one, alcohol. So I have not yet made it through. Here's a plug for Andrew Huberman. I have not yet made it through his two-hour What Alcohol Does to You podcast. I've started it. I think I'm in like, I don't know, uh, maybe minute 30 or minute 45. It is so fascinating. It's going to make you never want to drink again, but still listen to it. It's really fascinating. When you start to learn that literally alcohol of any kind, I don't care if it's keto tequila, it is a poison. That's why you get buzzed. That's why you get drunk. It's a poison that goes into your brain. I'm totally digressing far beyond what my point of this whole podcast is, but you're going to have to listen to Andrew Huberman's alcohol podcast. Fascinating. So that's what, those are just some, some, some of the factors that cause elevated SHBG and things that you can do. Now, low SHBG is not something that I see a ton in my practice, but it's worth noting that usually that is associated with PCOS. Because if you think of the how we used to die, the diagnostic criteria for PCOS has changed. It used to be that you had to have that elevated androgen level, that elevated testosterone level, which was correlated to low SHBG. So one of the reasons that some PCOS patients have the androgenic effect of acne and dark facial hair is because of the SHBG being so low that all of the testosterone is off the train. It's, it's off the train. And the testosterone androgen levels, even such something like DHT, dihydrotestosterone, is elevated. And then that is what causes like the male pattern baldness and the hirtuism, the, all those bad negative side effects of PCOS. Now, not all PCOS patients have elevated androgens. A lot of times there's just the insulin-resistant component, which is a factor of high sex hormone binding globulin. So we can't necessarily say if you got PCOS, you have low SHBG. That's not the case across the board. It's very individualized for each person. But low thyroid function, so if you have low SHBG, and let's say you don't even know that you have a thyroid problem, you might want to look at your thyroid lab values because that low SHBG could be indicative of low thyroid function as well. It's very much tied. And then high insulin, when we see low SHBG, that can be tied to insulin resistance as well. But then again, we come over to the high SHBG, excess body fat, 
high insulin is going to drive weight gain and it's going to lay down excess body fat. And then that excess body fat increases your SHBG. So you can see how everything is just tied together. And of course, birth control, because it reduces your thyroid function, that will also lower SHBG in a bad way. So if you have high SHBG, I'm not giving you birth control just to lower it because birth control can play a role in bumping it up too. Okay, so I mentioned earlier what free hormones jump onto the SHBG train. So I want you to think of all of the frees, the free T4, the free testosterone. So this is where I look at the free. Normally I look at the total testosterone and I always say total testosterone, we want 50 or above. And a lot of you ladies do phenomenal with a total testosterone 125, even 200. And that's fine. It's very individualized. This is where we use personalized medicine to really get you the right testosterone dose. Because again, just because you're coming in at, even if you're coming in at a 200, me personally, I would have androgenic side effects with a total testosterone of a 200. You might not. Then let's look at that free testosterone because if you have elevated SHBG, it's going to bind to the free unbound, not bound to a protein, free hormone so that that hormone can enter the cell to do its job. So free T3, free T4, free testosterone. And those free hormones, that is what promotes genetic change. That's what turns on the cell. So I've talked about T2 before that works at the cell level. I love it. 3,5-diatoyl-thyronine. I have a whole separate podcast on that too. If you're interested, we'll link to that as well. But that actually works at the cell level, at the mitochondrial level to turn that gene on to produce ATP to increase your basal metabolic rate. These free hormones work on the mitochondria at that cell level. That's why we always test it. That's why we don't just test total T4 and total T3. Kind of don't even matter. You really want to check the unbound, the free versions of your active hormones. So with SHBG and even just small changes, it will bind up those free hormones and it will result in symptoms. So the, the high SHBG is not going to then cause the symptoms directly what it's going to do is it's going to bind to those hormones that give you life and that alleviate your symptoms. And that's why we see you having symptoms with elevated SHBG because the hormones can't work well. So your symptoms of high SHBG, you're going to have the weight gain, the inability to lose weight. You're going to have fatigue because T3 and testosterone both contribute to your energy. You might have some mood changes, depression or anxiety, as we know that that is also low mood is tied to low testosterone and low T3. You might have some menstrual irregularities that can occur anytime you start shifting hormones, good or bad. You might have some menstrual irregularities even when we start to optimize your hormones. Decreased muscle mass. So this is where it's binding to the testosterone and you're not getting all the bang for your buck of that get shit done hormone that is so beautiful. So inability to gain muscle, even when you're lifting heavy, 
Now, can I back up to and say, this is also for guys. This is also for guys. I said in the beginning that if you look this up, you're going to see a lot of bro talk, but the bros need to listen too. And you need to get your SHBG tested too, because I talked about the importance of testosterone for males and females. Both genders get screwed when it comes to the testing and these standard lab value ranges. They're huge. They're absurd. And the elevated SHBG is also going to apply to males. Because again, guys, if you have a total testosterone of 1,000, great, fantastic. But you have elevated SHBG, it's going to be binding to the free. So you might be coming in with a free of, for men, like 30, 60, 40, 50, 60. And it doesn't matter. If you have elevated SHBG, it's going to bind to that. So it's, it's as important for guys as it is for girls to look at their high sex hormone bonding globulin or just test it and make sure it's not high. And this is where I want to circle back to that thought that I had mentioned that it's all because you have too much thyroid hormone. You're taking too much T3. You have too much thyroid hormone in your body. No. There are points in time where we have to look at studies, any published article, any published study, any piece of scientific literature, I need you to look at with a grain of salt. I need you to look at with eyes that can take in the fact that they might be doing this study for a purpose. You know, T4 only is fantastic. T4 monotherapy, 100% works, right? There actually is a published study that says that. I think it's ridiculous. T4 monotherapy absolutely works. So there are studies out there that I can 100% call bullshit on that are not true whatsoever that were published for a purpose, usually a drug company purpose. And then there are just studies that weren't done well. And then there are just studies that didn't take into account, like the Women's Health Initiative. I know I'm going off on a tangent. The Women's Health Initiative study is the most expensive study ever done in history. And it is the worst study ever that should be thrown out and never looked at again. I mean, that's the bottom line. I don't care how many people are in a study. I don't care how well it was designed. I don't care how much money they threw at it. Doesn't mean that it's accurate. So when we're starting to look at, especially personally, anecdotally with my patients, when I'm looking at elevated SHBG, it's not always because they're on too much of anything. I'm on T3 only, and my SHBG was high once. So if it, if it were true that a high dose of T3 or a high dose of thyroid medication raises SHBG, if it's true that exogenous testosterone therapy, TRT, thyroid or testosterone hormone replacement, raises SHBG, oh, I'm on that too. Shouldn't I have high SHBG all the time? I should, but I don't. So that completely negates the thought process that if you have elevated SHBG, you must need to lower your thyroid hormone dosing. Not true. It's, it's only, it's very rare actually that high SHBG was caused by excessive thyroid dosing. We can definitely look at it. And if you are feeling hyper, if you are legit, like I am anxious, I'm crawling out of my skin. I just don't feel good. I'm all sweaty and clammy and ugh. then yeah, that hyper may be contributing to your elevated SHBG. 
But we don't want to, just like we don't want to call you hyper with a low TSH, we don't want to call you hyper just because you have elevated SHBG. Okay, those are the symptoms of high, symptoms of low SHBG, which I don't see as much, can also be the weight gain, low energy, menstrual irregularities, and then we bring in that facial hair growth, the hair loss from the DHT, the acne, depression, and anxiety. So a lot of these can overlap, which is why you have to test. That's why you have to test, absolutely. So when we're talking about the free forms of thyroid hormone, we really want to focus on the T3. Now, will I see the, the free T3 level in the blood drop with elevated SHBG? No, not necessarily. Because the SHBG is bound to the free form of T3, it's still going to measure in the blood. Now, you might notice a small drop, you know, I mean, and, and that can be even from, and I tell my patients this all the time, if you're leaving 24 hours between your last dose of T3 and your labs, every time you get your labs tested, you better leave 24 hours in between. Because if you don't, then we we're, we're comparing apples to cars instead of apples to apples. Then we're looking at your last set of labs and your free T3 is a 3.5 and this set of labs is a three, but wait, with the last set you went 18 hours and this time you went 24. So there's a natural drop due to the amount of time lapsing between your last dose and your labs. So we won't necessarily see the free T3 drop, but we could, we absolutely could. But that's why, I mean, just again, just get the SHBG tested and do something about it. So what can we do about it? Well, first of all, if you are estrogen dominant, let's take the true estrogen dominance. So looking at your estradiol, that's your most potent estrogen, and looking at your progesterone, we really want to look at this again in, the, in that mid-luteal phase of the menstrual cycle if you're menstruating. We want that 10 to 1 ratio, estrogen progesterone, but again, if you're actually flagged high as well, so if your estrogen is you know, 480 and you have a little H next to it, that's estrogen dominance. So we can do a couple different things. We can add progesterone if that ratio is off, right? So even if you are estrogen dominant, adding progesterone helps tremendously because your progesterone is probably in the tank. Bringing that ratio into better balance, adding in DIM, uh, my estrogen fixer helps to bind to and lower excess estrogen, and it helps with the, with the methylation of estrogen. So let's look at that. Let's treat that. Check. We might need to alter your dose of T3. So again, if, it, if, you're, if you, maybe you're taking too much and that's the cause, maybe you're still hypo and that's the cause, so let's balance that out 100%. Get rid of the birth control. I know this is going to be tough for a lot of you to hear because if you don't want to get pregnant, I get that. I get that. But your birth control is doing nothing for you except hurting you. You're putting synthetic hormones in your body that cause a ton of inflammation, shut down thyroid function, make you fat, and increase your risk of blood clots and, ca and cancer. I don't care what your doctor says or what the, the ads on TV say, although if you listen to the ads on TV, it probably is you're going to you know grow like a third breast and die of 10 different types of cancer with every medication that's out there. 
but please do not get hung up or confused about the difference between synthetic hormones and real bioidentical hormones. There's a huge difference. Birth control is synthetic. Well, I have an IUD. Okay. That's even more synthetic. That's just, that's in your body. That's pumping out synthetic hormones continuously, which is probably making you estrogen dominant, contributing to your weight gain and crushing your thyroid at the same time. Oh, wait, you have the non-hormonal one. Copper, good. Now you have copper toxicity and a chance that that's going to puncture your uterus. So can we just use condoms and timing? I'm just saying. So get off the birth control 100%, discontinue their use, find alternatives. And then we get into treatment. So what has been shown 100%, 99% to lower SHBG, boron. Boron is so amazing. It strengthens your bones. It lowers your SHBG, which is amazing. It's one of the few nutrients, minerals that has actually been studied, elements that has actually been studied to lower SHBG. And it comes with a host of other protective effects too. The other component that I will talk more on is Tonkat Ali. Now, I did a whole separate podcast on Tonkat as it relates to your testosterone levels and as it acts as an aphrodisiac. So many of you might have low testosterone levels. You're using my hormone fixer. Tonkat Ali works a lot more. It's not a direct pusher upper. It's not a direct raiser of testosterone. It does so kind of just at the low level. So within my hormone fixer, I also have this is his quadrangulus, and I have the tribulus in there to raise testosterone levels naturally. But Toncat comes in and helps push up your growth hormone. It helps with balancing out cortisol and stress hormones. It helps with insulin resistance, and it also helps to lower sex hormone binding globulin. And you really need a little bit of a higher dose. So because I have seen so much, it's a total shameless plug for my supplement, but because I have seen so much elevated SHBG, I made a product that contains boron and Toncat. It's the SHBG fixer. So let me get more into that. And the reason why I made it, we're going to go over all the other things that you can do on your own too. Don't worry about that. The other reason why I made it though is because if I'm trying to help you, you're my patient and we have you on testosterone, we have you on the right thyroid hormone dose and you're just not noticing a difference, it could be because you have elevated SHBG. And prior to me coming out with this supplement, we were piecemealing different things. We're like, all right, so you know, use Hormone Fixer because that has a little bit of Toncat in it, although this has much more Toncat. I actually put 200 milligrams and you only need one capsule per day. I put 200 milligrams of Toncat in and 10 milligrams of Boron, which is the therapeutic dose to lower SHBG. And I put that in together because I was just doing this thing of get this supplement that has Boron and get this one that has Toncat and get this one that has Magnesium, which you still might need extra mag, but all of these different things that lower SHBG and then you're taking tens of thousands of supplements, you're getting sick of it. You're like, what's working? What's not? So I put the Tonka and the Boron together. We have to lower your SHBG in order for you to feel good. 
And the reason I'm doing this specific training on SHBG is because it's not talked about enough in the thyroid and hormone space, except in the bro world as it relates to testosterone. Just like, just like testosterone is not talked about enough in the female world and its importance of, which is why I talk about testosterone as well. So boron also helps osteoarthritis. Many of you are getting older, your estrogen is dropping. I'm hoping that you're on estrogen replacement therapy and magnesium and D and D with K, but then you add in a little bit of boron. Oh my goodness. It's so amazing. It's so amazing. Boron also reduces cytokine storms or inflammation. So if you are dealing with a thyroid condition, you're most likely very much inflamed. Boron is going to help with that inflammation. Estrogen, I didn't talk enough about, but it is binding to your estrogen, ladies. So if you are postmenopausal and we have you on estrogen and you want to get the most out of that estrogen, like brain function and we'll say the, the fixing of vaginal dryness and painful intercourse and hot flashes, we want you to have that estrogen that you are either producing naturally, but if you're postmenopausal that you are taking because it's bioidentical, it's not a birth control pill. It's not a fake estrogen or a synthetic estrogen like they used in the Women's Health Initiative study, which is the worst study ever done. So don't be scared of cancer with real hormones. I want you to have your estrogen. I want you to have estrogen. Estrogen has bone protective properties to it, as well as neuro brain protective properties, as well as vaginal woohoo protective properties. So we want you to get the most out of your estrogen. But if you have high SHBG, you're not getting that either. I know I focus on T3 and testosterone, but estrogen as well. So boron helps to lower the SHBG to release those estrogens for use. And we talked about testosterone, talked about inflammation. Boron also helps to lower homocysteine levels, which are indicative of a higher risk for cardiovascular disease and cardiovascular incidence. So boron has some cardioprotective effects as well. Boron also, it has been said that it does help with lowering the diabetes risk because it's lowering your glucose and your insulin. Not as well as berberine does, but it does help. Boron can also help regulate cortisol. So it's not that, well, it's going to bind to excess. So we don't want to, it's not lowering your cortisol. So if you're, if you're like, well, my cortisol is low already. It's not, boron's not going to come in and lower your cortisol. It's going to balance it, but it is going to bind to excess cortisol because high cortisol can cause insulin resistance, endothelial dysfunction, reduced immune function, all kinds of other negative effects. So boron comes in and helps with that as well. And then boron also helps to bind to DHT, which is that dihydrotestosterone derivative of testosterone that is more potent and signaling through the androgen receptor but it's also tied to the hair loss, the prostate cancer, the acne, which we don't want. We want you to have your free testosterone. We don't want you to have a crap ton of DHT. Okay. There's so much. There's so much that boron does. Knee and joint pain, metabolic health, kidney stones, dyslipidemia, muscle strength, rheumatoid arthritis. There's research on that as well. So it's, it's, 
it's a really, it's a natural occurring mineral. Sorry, I blanked out mineral, but it's one that has a ton of bonus properties to it in addition to lowering SHBG. You also want to make sure that you have adequate amounts of magnesium, vitamin D, zinc. These are things that you should be taking every single day anyways. I shouldn't have to tell you to make sure that you have adequate amounts of vitamin D and magnesium, especially if you're a thyroid patient. You should be having these in your repertoire, your supplemental repertoire on the daily because they are vital for reducing reverse T3. Same with iodine. You know, we want all of that in the mix. That should be standard. And then you can add in the things like the boron and the toncatalia and all those extras to address whatever we are trying to address in terms of you know, lowering this number, raising this number, those specialty supplements you can add in, but you should have your, your standard protocol that is the daily protocol. Now, Tonkatali, like I said, I have another podcast that specifically goes over Tonkatali and all of its benefits, but just to kind of do a rundown in addition to lowering SHBG, just general mental and brain health, we're seeing positive outcomes there, mental resilience, so a better stress response. So when you do have stressors coming at you, you know how when your hormones are off, your thyroid's off, and I know many of you can relate, you're like, oh man, I just get so stressed out so easily. Like I'm getting anxious over nothing. What is happening? That is a lowered stress response. So your mental resilience factor goes up. Tonkatali actually helps you deal with stress. And it might not be something that you're even going to notice like right off the bat. You're not going to be like, I'm taking this because I want stressors to come at me daily and I got this. No, no, no. No, but the stressors that are coming anyways that are going to be there, you're going to be better equipped to deal with them. Mood improvement, we talked about cortisol and obviously sexual health in terms of increasing testosterone just a little bit naturally. It has a little bit of an aphrodisiac effect. When you're lowering anxiety of stress, obviously your sex life gets better because that is very much a component. If you're all wigged out, you're not going to want to have sex. And then improvement in testosterone, estrogen. So there's so many different beneficial factors with Toncat as well. So you have to, let's review. If you have, first of all, you have to get tested. You have to get your SHBG tested. You have to know whether you're high or, not, or low. So that's a big component right there. And then beyond that, I want you eating protein. I want you fixing your thyroid. I want you on testosterone if that's in the toilet. You might have to add in boron. You might have to add in SHBG fixer. You might have to add in the thyroid fixer to get the T2 up to burn more body fat, to lower the body fat so that your SHBG can lower as well. But, you know, it's just, it's one of those markers that honestly, I mean, guilty as charged years ago, I did not include that as a standard marker every single time. And now I want to look at it. Now, if you're coming in at a 38, if you're coming in in that perfect range of 60 to 80, then you don't have to worry about it. Then you're, you're good to go. You don't have to get it tested ad nauseum, but it is good to get it tested every once in a while. But if you're high, I want you to get it tested every time. If you're low and you're below range, I want you to get tested every time because we want you in that sweet spot. We absolutely want you in that sweet spot. I really hope that this helps you 
with kind of getting that last piece of the puzzle. Because again, if you are, well, it doesn't matter where you are in your journey, have your SHBG testing, because if it's elevated, then your journey is going to be a bumpy one. Even if you are progressing in your journey and you're getting more optimized, but your SHBG is high, we might have to implement this. We might have to implement this. So my, my friend, right-hand woman, executive assistant, Patty, many of you know her because she's responded to you. She's in my group program, you know, doing the admin stuff. So many of you know her, but she has high SHBG. She won't mind me telling you this either. And her, the estrogen that she's on really helps with her migraines, really helps with her migraines, but she's not getting the estrogen because of the high SHBG. We have to lower that. We have to lower the SHBG in order to release the estrogen off the train and to release the testosterone because she needs every bit of testosterone that she has because she can't take it because she pushes down the DHT pathway and out 5-alpha reductase and breaks out. So we need her to have every, every little minuscule of testosterone that she can possibly get, which means we don't want it on the train. Don't want it on the train. That's a perfect example of estrogen being on the train and affecting a person. And we know what T3 and testosterone are going to do if it's on the train and your SHBG is high and it can't get to the cell. Okay, that wraps it up. Bottom line, test your SHBG, implement protocols to reduce it. Make sure you're getting in enough protein. Use the thyroid fixer if you need to lose body fat to increase your BMR or basal metabolic rate. Use the supplements strategically to address those concerns or those numbers that are showing up in your body that you need to address or you're not getting anywhere. All right, until next time. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I hope you loved it. And as always, if you would be so kind to leave a review, if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, that would be absolutely amazing. I read all of them. Also, anything that you hear on this podcast is not intended to diagnose or treat any kind of medical condition. So we always recommend that you check with your medical provider, your doctor, your nurse practitioner before implementing anything that you hear on this podcast. And if you want to find out more about working together, you can click the link below in the show notes to book a discovery call. And there you'll be talking to a member of my team. They are an extension of me. They are amazing. And you and I will talk after that once we get you all signed up and you and I get to work together. All right. I hope to see you soon.